0: Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production, and please subscribe. Thanks. And welcome to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth, and uh, we are in our... I, th- I think a semi more permanent home than we've been for the last few weeks of out on the road and uh, the various expos and things, which is lovely. No
1: longer itinerant
0: podcasters <laughs> roaming no. the IT landscape, like and yeah. for pod- podcast nomads, um, as, cool you like hear, that, <laughs> as you can hear, as you can hear, I'm here with my my normal brother from another mother. <laughs> normal? <laughs> well, uh, stretching it. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mr. Bridget Holmes. A good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And welcome. Yes, and today we're
0: very lucky to have a special guest. We are. We are. So, without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: I certainly would. Special. I've been called that a few times. Are we always? Anyway, Duncan Aldis from uh, IBM, and I'm the uh, Channel Sales Leader for our Cognitive IT Service Management business in the UK and Ireland.
0: Brilliant. So, I'm going to jump straight in there and say there's a lot of terms in there that I think (laughs) need some explaining. Placed deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) good, good, good. So. What exactly is
2: that? <laughs> Cognitive <laughs> IT service management. We'll come back to the channel piece because hopefully you guys know all about that anyhow. Yes. Cognitive, if anybody's been following IBM for you know, at least the last four or five years, will have some understanding of something called Watson. If not, go check it out. Go look at YouTube. Go onto our website. Mm. It's a very exciting thing that's happening around machine learning and the ability to understand all kinds of structured and unstructured data. And what we're doing in the world of IT service management, which is simply you know, the monitoring of application systems, data centres, making sure they perform, giving metrics, is applying that cognitive capabilities to that world. So we're looking at the big data of IT operations and, okay. and learning from them. So that's what cognitive IT service management really is.
1: So I think in previous podcasts we've we kind of touched on Subject of analytics, and uh, I think we've we kind of focused in those episodes on business outcome from deriving value from things like customer data, and you know, operational analytics is a bit of a, a relatively new term. I think you know a lot mm. of people are m- more confident with or comfortable with things like business intelligence, business analytics. Yeah, absolutely predictive analytics, that sort of thing. Um, operational analytics. What specific data are we looking at and you know, what are some of the, I don't want to say business outcomes, but what are some of the, you know, the, the big levers for how we can use maybe products in your, mm. your tool set and, and what we can get out of it?
2: For, for those that, that don't know. For those that don't know. So operational analytics is about, as a market 10 years old. And IBM has come into it in the last sort of four or five years. And the data that it works with is the, the output from um, systems, data centers, bis- business applications, you know, it's time series logs, it's events, it's trouble tickets. It's those, that kind of data that's generated for an IT operations team and its ability to understand that, to learn, you know, which is what Watson does very well. Mm-hmm. So when you delve into that, you can do, you know, find new insight as to why things aren't working or have failed in the past. And, and the business outcome is the ability to be able to detect something which isn't normal, an anomaly, and say, hold on, this is happening too many times. We need to alert someone. We need to tell someone. Bring that to the forefront very quickly. So one of the things that an IT operations team is looking at and a business is looking at is you know, they look at mean time to repair a fix. Yeah, And a big part of that is finding out that something's gone wrong Know, identifying that something needs to happen, and then trying to understand what's gone wrong, why it's gone wrong, and what you need to do. The, you know, we call that you know, the, the no period. And then you fix and you validate. So if we can help businesses reduce that mean time to know that bit of trying to suss out what's going to happen and why we need to go fix things and get it fixed quicker, then we're actually reducing you know, the time and there's cost associated with mm. that for businesses as well but if we can actually predict something is going to go wrong because we're seeing trends and anomalies mm-hmm. and actually prevent that outage from happening then that has a huge impact on you know a business avo- avoids damage in, in the brand or you know a system going down and particularly in today's world of you know cloud app and mobile apps where yeah. if something's not available someone could you know a customer could be lost immediately so there's a lot of use cases now coming forward to the front and, uh, you know, this is where we're working with our channel to go and create those stories out cool. in the market.
0: So could, do you have any good, like, use cases that you can go through now, like an end-to-end sort of why the problem definition came up in the first place and then
2: how this has fixed it and what the outcome's been and the sort of business benefits of it? Well, I think some of the uh, – the, the one that's on our, our, our YouTube uh, uh, channel, uh, service management, uh, IBM service management, is with uh, Consolidated Communications – And they used operation analytics to go and look at all the individual uh, network points. Um, There was consolidated comms who a small or medium-sized US service provider. Uh, They serve about half a million customers, both commercial and residential. And they said, basically, to try and monitor and look out for issues with all those different network points would take five people full-time job and so they said by employing the operations analytics capabilities they can make an annual cost avoidance it's not a saving they just don't have to spend this money of around $300,000 a okay. year which is quite a you know a considerable yeah. That yeah. yeah so and, and, and people are saying to me well isn't that you aren't you uh, you know Taking people out of their jobs? No, because IT operations pay high people. You know, high, it's high value work. But if you put a high value worker onto low value work, you're not getting the best return. And actually, you want to reemploy, redeploy those into you know perhaps more innovative projects, yeah. you know, digital or leading. You know, and that's the challenge that a lot of the businesses are facing. They're being drawn into you know business as usual and the budgets about you know business as usual. Whereas this is allowing them to you know get another set of eyes on this and you know be alerted to the real priorities. So they can focus on also taking some other high-value work outside of just running, keeping mm. the, the boat running. So it's a sort of
0: intelligent and uh, sort of, well, intelligent ways of optimising processes or detecting um, problems before they occur and all that sort of stuff. That's that's essentially what you're doing and using the Watson cognitive piece yeah. is essentially the, the brains behind it. That's essentially yeah. your... There's so there's,
2: there's two parts to operations mm. analytics. There's analyzing what's happened in the past. <coughs> and we call that log analysis. And it's mm-hmm. quite a you know, maturing and mm. analytical market for IT ops. And uh, that's the ability to d- dive into all the data that's associated with the system and you know, learn from that. Whereas the other part of operana- operations analytics is predictive insights. And that is where we you know, taking feeds, both data from, from log analysis work and, and things that we found in the past and being able to understand what normal is Let's let the machine learn, and that takes you know a couple of weeks for it to understand understand trends, peaks here and there, and then when it detects something outside of those baselines, outside those parameters, it then takes a watch. And if it keeps on happening, you know you can set that threshold. You know don't want to do it the first time because it just maybe just be a little spike, but if you. Know, three or four times you'll alert someone mm. and then say, right, you need to go and uh, 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 you know go and attend to that, and that allows you then to put focus on that and you know get ahead of the game. But there's also other things such as being able to forecast. So what if that trend continues? What will happen? And when will the outage occur? Yeah. Or you know, looking at two points, which you know you could have a, a you know say a Microsoft environment and a Unix environment, which typically are managed separately. And how yeah. can you link data from those two together to see how it all? You know, they could impact each other. So the analytics piece is not only predicting, but it's drawing new insight from that as well, which is giving you, you know, a better view of your overall estate. So there's a natural, you know, affinity to large customers, but also small customers where, you know, we talk about the cloud apps, the mobile apps, where they may have a very solid piece of technology, like IBM middleware, like something like MQ, which is sending messages backward and forward. But if something outside of that is going to impact it and, you know, stop it from doing its job, you want to know about that. Yeah. So, I mean, what sort of signals do you generally rely upon to actually feed the
0: system to to detect these problems? Is it a syslog type thing or is there sort of,
2: can it take anything? What 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 are the good sort of signals you rely upon? So it takes its feed from monitoring tools. So this is another good thing about our technology and why <laughs> we're working with, with Arrow and, and the channel to take it out to market because it's complementary to an existing service management estate. So it doesn't matter if you're working with you know, Riverbed or, you know, you're working with CA, HP, you know, any other, you know, the leading monitoring vendors, mm-hmm. um, it's taking events from those and coming up with new learnings from it. Mm. Um, so it's like another layer, uh, and it consolidates and it prioritises. So the feed, you can feed anything into it. Another area we're looking at, and certainly with the channel, it's a great opportunity, is so you, you, can you take the data from a, you know, a device or a sensor so you could get into the more, well, you know, kind of internet of things. Yeah. Um, our particular product group, we're focused on systems and, you know, data, you know, data-centered infrastructure. But we've offered the opportunity out to the channel to come up with ideas around IoT-type use cases as well. Again, we're still very early days. And the deployment of this technology, um, you know, is getting into large customers, you know, the way that IBM takes things to market. But we're now starting to see that interest starting to trickle down into smaller organizations. And, again, we're increasing the marketing and the investment we're putting in that as well. So, what's a typical like, what does what a typical organization look like that can actually
0: take advantage of this technology? Because I'm guessing, as you just said, it probably starts with the larger, larger organizations that have the complex infrastructure, the complex processes. But, sort of, where do you think IBM's going to go with this? And, and where do you think the market's going to go with this? And what does the future of, the, sort of the, the technology look like?
2: Well, the fact that IBM has said to the channel organization, here is a marketable product for mm. channel says that we're looking to yeah. attack new customers uh, both small and large what type of organization does it should you know should be interested in this anybody who wants to avoid a system outage if that outage is going to be you know damaging to their business perhaps in brand reputation or unexpected cost or whatever it may be they should be you know sitting and and listening and um, you know we were talking to um a customer who was coming to see us today unfortunately had to cancel because they had a system problem <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, oh, the irony. And, and i was yeah exactly and i was very respectful they're going to go and sort yeah. it out but you know we we're going to have a conversation and say you know well, what actually happened mm. because maybe we could have helped and Alerting them to this much earlier, so that you know the, the, any organisation who wants to avoid an outage, which anybody with you know mission critical apps who's working in the digital age is going to take interest. Not everybody. There's some people who say, "No, that's fine. You know, we're just fling it back on in a couple of days' time. It's not mission critical." Mm. But anybody who does customer onboarding or customer information, billing, ordering, or whatever it may be, is going to be taking interest.
1: I think as you see things like you know, we were speaking earlier duncan and you know it's not just a maybe a traditional infrastructure or service provider that look at taking this on board to as you said earlier you know redeploy resource in in better more innovative areas relating to their skill set and experience mm. but you know the knock-on effect through you know just this whole transformation that we've seen over the past few years of you know traditional I'm saying inverted commas partners that have always deployed on site or delivered services on site, moving to a an off prem, a hybrid and a cloud model. I think as, as the enterprise and as infrastructure gets more and more complex, I think you, know, you were alluding to it earlier, you know, where you have systems that have been managed in isolation all of a sudden, you know, being part of an extended mm-hmm. network. And, you know, you're having specific skill sets in one area, then specific skill sets managing Another area, neither you know, never the twin shall meet something. <laughs> you can start drawing correlations between, well, we had an impact over here, and it caused a spike in this manner, and then that had a knock-on effect over here. You can start to see that correlation, and you can start to, with the predictive element, start to plan to address things before you actually have a systems outage. Yeah. So you can take a best practice approach to, you know, what I have my my sales force, my end use clients that are you know, looking for a particular service level agreement, looking for a particular you know, level of um, service or access to my apps, my solutions, whether they be internal customers within mm. your organization or your external clients, you know how do you guarantee that five nines now if you can deploy a tool that enables you to you know, go some way towards assuring that level of service but then delivers also cost savings and benefits back to the business yeah you know i can see where all of a sudden it looks you know you're looking at an investment in a piece of technology that is you know what it's not just another another overhead to the business it's not just another operational cost asset to take on board it's you will start to see benefits in areas that you probably from day one didn't envisage that you would Mm. um i'm interested on the Just to come back to the cognitive piece, when you look at sort of maybe where the products are going and and what's what's in store for Watson, pardon the pun. (laughs) We were talking about data sources earlier. Do you think that there's the scope for being able to plug into some of the Watson APIs, you know, things like text search, that sort of thing, to to take data from other sources that wouldn't be traditional. Mm. sources of information for for things like operational analytics
2: I mean I don't want to give too much away from Denny O'Brien who's the (laughs) program director for this product and the world of Watson event is coming up in uh, next week week. yeah yeah. Yeah. there's gonna be some interesting announcements there but yes we Mm. are helping Watson learn so that when an issue does occur particularly with our own middleware and you can see this already with some of our log analysis product we have insight packs already built up uh, ready dashboards for a customer to uh, or a partner to take down and plug in for MQ or internet broker or whatever you know, and they have specific um, you know tailored dashboards for the things that are important for that environment. So we're putting an investment there to help people learn, but you know the, the product for predictive analytics is, and operational analytics is, is now looking at how can we give the person who's trying to fix this. How can we help them reduce the time to know what's going on, how to do things? Well, you know, Watson is now looking at red books. He's now looking at, the, wow. you know, the information that we use to try and fix things mm-hmm. and obviously drawing its own conclusion and deriving new insight so that we can actually go and, you know, ask, what do I do? Now, that's cool. That's, that's the sort of answer I
0: wanted because that's where this technology should be going. There's a, so, you know, we've, we've spoken about Watson a few times before, yeah. and about cognitive capabilities and AI and things like that. And the truth is, I'm so pleased to hear you, you said you're doing that because you're right, you do have this massive repository of incredibly valuable, accurate technical information about all your products. Um, and to be able to, f- to have Watson go through, read them, classify them, put them into some sort of order that it can then go and actually access when it sees a problem. As long as it's not just coming back with a snippet from the Red Book, as you say, as long as it's actually drawing its own conclusions, that's cool. Mm. That is
2: seriously, seriously cool. Something that we've already got in place with the um, operations analytics um, product offering at the moment is service desk extensions. So particularly for things like ServiceNow, uh, for BMC's Remedy product and our own control desk. You know, that's that's unstructured text that goes in there. It's natural language. And, again, we're able to take benefit of that and compare that with more structured data. So this is not all about structured data and, you know, looking at graphs and whatever. Again, it's the learning piece. So an element of that is already into the product, but, again, not to give too much away for... World of Watson announcements, that's where the product is heading, um, and I'm sure there'll be more being announced as well mm. next week, which is all very exciting. And Denny O'Brien will be in London on the 29th of November. We'll stand correct on those dates, but it's, the, <laughs> it's certainly late November, and he'll be in the Arrow office in Downgate Hill and ready to meet partners who are interested in this area. So I do encourage people to get in touch with their yeah. Arrow account manager, uh, Richard or myself, to... You know, come and have a listen to him. He's very insightful, and is a is a fantastic uh, you know roadmap ahead of this for this product. So,
0: you touched upon um, plugins for service now and things like that. Is that more of a sort of question and answer type platform, or, or you know, are you? It's one of the one of the services that's come online quite recently for Watson. Is all around the bot piece, being able to uh, sort of automatically answer questions. So, question and answers one thing, but it's sort of getting to the root cause of the question or the root answer. Is that something that you guys are going to be looking at being cognitive being you know an extension of that IT um,
2: process management piece yeah, the ability to ask a question and get the irrelevant information back that empowers you to make a decision is something that's being tabled in the product roadmap. Mm. Um, in terms of the service desk extensions, it's ability to take the information that's being captured and apply that to okay. more structured data so you can, again, combine the two worlds of structured and unstructured data to come up with some new learnings and some new insights. But yes, you know, the, the roadmap is, is indicated that you can ask a question and you'll get the right information back and allows you to go and deal with that particular problem. Again, mm-hmm. I'm going to be very cautious and spe- just push yeah, back a no, little no, that's bit. Fine, that's you know, fine, Denny. If you're listening, I'm doing my best. Well, we can always put this out <laughs> after next week. so That's absolutely yeah. fine. I think there's enough there. I mean, I've been going around talking to people about the the opportunity and where we'd like to go, but I think there's there's other areas deeper, which again would be very compelling um, for any customer. But again, it's still very early, so you mm-hmm. know, there's going to be early adopters and you know, brave people, but. What we're looking at with the with the mass market is you know we're going out to our middleware customers people use mq web Webster application server you know uh, data power and so on saying look you know let's help you understand the environment that impacts that key bit of technology for you let's look at the world of analytics and you know bring some expertise to that and let's help you look at explore how you know operation analytics can help you you know uh, you know detect things before they happen um, and get you ahead of the game and there's some stats here as well that um, uh, I think are very key. When you think about big data, you, you think about customer research, market research, yeah. and it's a very big chunk. You think yeah. about fraud and risk, um, which is again is a key part as well, but actually operational efficiency—that you know, organisations using big data to drive operational f- efficiency—is the second most sought-after use of big data at the moment by organisations, and of course, in that is going to be the, you know, the world of systems and, and, and mm. information technology as well.
1: So yes, I think this is one of the things, isn't it? As soon as you start talking about um, IBM and analytics, you you automatically jump to the conclusion, oh, they must be talking about Cognos, they must be talking about SPSS, must be talking about, you know, yeah, know, X, Y, and Z. And, yeah, even though, you know, you said at the, at the top of the podcast that, you know, IBM have been in the space four or five years, you know, it's, the proposition is built on, you know, fairly robust technology, you know, APM and Netcool yeah, yeah. and, you know, other acquisitions over the years. So yeah. what we're really doing is you, you're kind of augmenting that with know yeah, the the new tech and the new investment it's in refresh it. like, it's yeah. really
2: refreshed it I mean looking at the market opportunity I mean the kind of the superset service management market is sort of growing three four five percent perhaps and, and share is shifting between the major vendors mm-hmm. but when you look at uh, the operation analytics markets it's, it's more like 40 percent and again you know it's 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 a you know incredible growth but it's the way that we're embedding into our capabilities i mean we're just looking at the Forrester wave report that's just coming out yeah. has put us up into the leaders wave um, after a while of, uh, of us being absent from that because it's recognizing the cognitive capabilities that we've got so that's starting to resonate and net call operations management tool you know that's been a fantastic product within the telco industry for so long and going into enterprise now has that ability to you know, derive new insight from the you know, collation of events and so on um, so these are all putting our products, you know, a bit further into the, uh, into the leader quadrant, the leader waves of, of the analysts, which is important for us. But uh, you know, there are actually there's some real simple stories. I mean, again, we'll put some links out for the, the YouTube channels because there's some yeah. simple, quick stories of you know small, medium-sized customers who are gaining so much benefit from just having that ability to get new insight from Mm. the data and, again, re re employ resources elsewhere.
0: Well, I love that stat about the fact that people use big data to improve operational efficiencies. Now, I get people make big data to make data-driven decisions, but to be able to narrow it in onto that specific use case is really fascinating. Mm. Really fascinating Mm. because, well, I suppose it's one of those use cases that we don't generally think of that much. I mean, especially not the predictive piece. It's more, as you say, I think for a lot of the listeners who know about this type of technology, which, honestly, with all due respect to our listener base, I don't think will be a huge number of them because operational analytics almost feels like the proactive of the proactive. It's sort of, once you've got the rest of your house in order, then you can start to actually go and do that real proactivity of, yeah. okay, what can we do to make the house better? What can we do to make everything run smoother? I think many uh, IT organisations out there are sprinting just to stand still, let alone go and actually be proactive in...
1: How they deal and manage and do all the clever things. Mm. I think if you bring it down to sort of our average <coughs> listener, and I like to think that the people that sp- subscribe to this podcast are slightly above the average podcast listener. You would hope so. Um, yeah, other podcasts are available. Um, <laughs> no. and, and I'll thank I'll thank Duncan for, <laughs> I'll thank Duncan for these stats uh, that I'm going to tag on the end of this. I mean, we all use online services. We all use mobile apps. We all use you know tools in the workplace and, you know, and tools in our apps in our, our private lives uh, and we've all been affected by a system going down and an outage you know it's like there's you know there's uh, this panic throughout a country when facebook goes down for 10 minutes um yep. yeah a, a, and that's what we're talking about here we're talking about minimizing those types of incidents um yeah that's that, as i say i will Unashamedly uh, ripped from Duncan's <laughs> information that he's he's provided us with is yeah you know, I I didn't realise that you know, an average outage lasts over an hour 86 minutes I think yeah, quoted on uh, on on one of your uh, one of your sets of information Doug and and the average cost of of, of that outage is four hundred and fifty thousand pounds I mean, you just you don't. You don't draw the conclusion when you sat there going, I cannot log in. I cannot mm. get in Oh, Like you say, there's damage to the brand, and then, you know yeah. what? If it's somebody like a retailer, it's, well, I'll go get it somewhere else. Exactly. And that's the thing as well. The damage
0: to the retailer is huge. Mm. I still remember the first um, Black Friday we had in the UK when it sort of just <laughs> came over. I literally went around all the major retailer websites going, screen dump, Tesco's has gone down, screen dump, Sainsbury's has gone down, screen dump, you know, Argos had gone down are available. But the major, yeah. all the major ones, including people like, you know, the 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 big sort of uh jungly foresty company, um <laughs> they you mean? they <laughs> they'd gone offline. Their web page had gone offline, and he was like what? I just don't think they expected the traffic. And I think no. that whole predictive piece is is how it comes out. So we've got about five minutes left, and I wanted to just touch on so we've spoken a lot about taking the data and turning it into insight. But what do you see and, and where is the sort of remediation piece? So we've got this interesting information. Um, I think one of the big things for me is working smarter is not just about having the right information at the right time to make mm. the right decisions. It's about automating a lot of those decisions so that actually the, your, your infrastructure just becomes quite organic in the way that it scales, the way that it heals, the way that it deals with itself. So you can do not just a bit more with the same people. As you say, it was cost, not cost saving, it was cost avoidance. Cost avoidance. It becomes sort of actually a revenue generating area of the business because you actually genuinely do start to do a lot more that has direct business impact with the same or less people than you've got. So yeah. what do you see? I mean, have you heard of any sort of automated outcomes remediation
2: or anything like that go on or...? We're seeing in some of the larger customers that you know automation is a, is a major part of their business. Um, you know, just simple things like you know batch processing at the end of the day for mm, a retailer, yeah. but that's obviously uh, a quite a mature market in service management, and that's coming into this as well. So you know, when an event happens, there you know there is it can trigger off. Um, know uh, we got a, a tool on the web now called runbook automation you know, a combination of processes that need to happen as a result mm. so that's coming in um, into the offering as well as a result of you know we're seeing something we need to do something and actually do you know what we've, we could be able to handle this before um you know overall our vision is about making the boring stuff insightful again it comes back down to that you yeah. know reducing the time to know what to do and automation will obviously be a part of that yeah um and you just have to look in sort of neighboring businesses within the ibm, IBM cloud business unit you've got you know process management which has now got cognitive business operations which is you know our uh, application of cognitive capabilities in the world of process and decision making so it's Going to be crossover again. I'm going to just hold back for a lot of what's the stuff <laughs> that's going on, but yes, I- anybody who understands what we're up to, you know, and I followed our product portfolio yeah. and is looking at the market and how we're doing, Watson is going to see probably a lot of the automation come into that mm-hmm. as well.
1: And I think that's the important thing, too. So,
2: yeah ram
1: home at the end of this podcast is that this isn't a rebranding exercise this isn't just tacking the Watson no, yeah. name onto you know yeah. a, a pre-existing product set is really you know getting to grips with the the power and what can be delivered through you know some of the what, 20 30 years plus work behind cognitive computing that IBM has yeah. invested in and that's really good to see
2: I was yeah. astounded to hear the amount of investment, and that, you know it wasn't just a single-digit billion dollars; it was double-digit. I can't remember, and I, I don't want to quote it just in case yeah. I get it wrong. But it was a phenomenal amount. You know, I was listening to um, it was CNN's uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, Watson you know, was referenced there and the work it's been doing in medical research, and it's astounding now to see this has been going on so long, and now we're just you know we're taking this capability and we're giving it a problem to go and sort out. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. you can see that being applied. So, you know, and, you know, the results that we've just had showed that, you know, our bet into s- these newer areas is yeah. are starting to pay off. And I
0: must admit, I, I always like to have the last word. And I think you my last word was, there was a period in so I started my career at IBM, very proud of, of doing that. There was a period where I wouldn't have gone back if someone had paid me, which obviously they would have, this job. (laughs) (laughs) He says that now. But, you know, I look at where IBM are going today and I look at where they've come from and it really feels like they're going back to what they're really good at, which is creating really innovative, really interesting, really exciting products. The Cognitive Age, I think Watson is genuinely at the forefront or feels very much at the forefront Mm. of not just the sort of bleeding edge researchy type stuff, but also a lot of the actual how you would consume it as an enterprise, as an organisation, as a, a retailer, as whatever it may be. Yeah, it's not just a theory anymore. Exactly, and uh, genuinely I think it's a really exciting time to not just sort of be part of IBM, but be part of the channel and actually ride this sort of, not just the cognitive sort of uh, analytics, piece, but the whole cognitive wave
2: that we're going to see over the next sort of... Uh, it is to nice to when people, you know, outside of your professional life turn up and say, I saw something about Watson. Yeah. And it's mm. taken a while to get there, but it's increasing, you know. Yeah. So it is nice, and it'll it make you feel proud. Brilliant. And on that... Uh, Bombshell. Hey! <laughs> I think it's time to end. Duncan,
0: thank you ever so it's much for coming pleasure. in. I thank really, really appreciate thank it, you, as for always. I appreciate Rich, Mon Rich, Hannah's not actually here, and we have a new stand-in producer called Danny... Thank, so you, Danny. thank you, Danny.
1: You way way better than the uh, usual <laughs> one. Don't do that. <laughs> Oops, we'll be in trouble. All right.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, and uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers.